Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Amen. Don't you just want to say that again? God is faithful. One, two, three. God is faithful. I hope you've noticed the theme for today, and I just want to take a few moments to celebrate the faithfulness of God. And I'm going to look back a little bit, and Pastor Brad, how beautiful it is that you started us in Philippians, because we're going to look at Philippians. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to the very end of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 19. This is where Paul kind of lands everything. He has a couple more verses where he says hellos or goodbyes to a few people, but he wants to sum everything up with this one verse of the whole book. He brings it to us in Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 19. Hear the word of the Lord, and my God will fully satisfy every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. It's a, it's a fancy way of saying God is faithful. This is the word of God for the people of God and our response is thanks be to God. You know, Paul, when he was writing this letter, he was writing this letter from prison. And yet this is one of the most joyful letters. He talks about rejoicing over and over and over again. And he is in prison. Anytime you pick up the book of Philippians or the the letter to the Philippians and you begin to read through it, you need to remember where Paul was writing from. And he was writing from prison. And prison was even worse then than it is today. I mean, at least today you kind of get three squares and uh, maybe some time to walk around the yard or those kinds of things. It's no picnic, but back then they didn't even provide food for you. If you didn't have family or friends to help you, they just said, well, justice will just take its course a little quicker. And if you don't ever get to a trial, so be it. So Paul is writing from this place. And, and really this whole letter is a response of God's faithfulness from the church of Philippi to Paul. Because they have sent a gift through somebody named Epaphroditus. I don't know why that name has fallen out of favor. Uh, anybody here named Epaphroditus? Uh, well, Epaphroditus had brought the letter and had brought the, the food and the, the money, the things that would sustain Paul while he was awaiting trial. And so he was excited about this. And, and so he wanted to write a letter. So he made sure to write a letter back to talk about faithfulness. The whole letter really is about God's faithfulness to Paul. And Paul is absolutely convinced that the God who has been faithful to him will fully satisfy every need that he has, even if he doesn't get out of prison in that moment. He has, has seen this in his life, and he wants the church and us today, you and me, whether you're watching online from your living room or right here in the building with us today, he wants us to be convinced that God is faithful, and God will fully supply every need. I want us today to take a little bit of a tour, quick tour, because I want to get out to our celebration. We are actually going to light the mortgage on fire. Well, a copy of the mortgage. 
probably should keep the we paid in full uh, just to be on the safe side nowadays. Today, we're going to take a tour through the letter and see how Paul is convinced and convinces them in Philippi and hopefully us today that God will fully satisfy every need. And I also want to share this out of some examples of how I have seen God do the same thing here as I've been called to be your pastor for now almost the last 12 years together. This is going to be exciting. Number one, Paul wants us to understand that God's faithfulness comes through seemingly miraculous ways. I mean, it's pretty incredible. He says in Philippians chapter 1 at the end of verse 18, you can turn there or it's on the screen behind me. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Where was Paul rejoicing from? Prison. I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. He was letting them know how he had ended up in prison. He was letting them know of some of the things he was observing in the church, and not all of it was great. But he is convinced because God is faithful that somehow, some way, he would be sustained while he was in prison, and this would work out for his deliverance from prison. He may not understand how it will happen, but he knows that the one he trusts in is faithful. Do you know, friends at home, friends here, do you know that God is faithful? And that the one that we serve, we can trust to supply every need that we have. I know I had to learn this the hard way. I want to... You would think I would, I would understand about God's faithfulness as, as we, I had seen it over and over and over in my life, uh, both when we left Southern California to go to Ireland and then moved back from Ireland and to be called here to be your pastor. Uh, one of the stories that I heard about right from the beginning was how this church had, had built this wonderful building. My dad was your interim pastor, and, and he was talking about the facilities that you had and, and then began to kind of talk about the mortgage that we had. And it was even bigger than the one we just finished off. We had a payment uh, per month that was, I think, near 10000 Is that right, Steve? And, uh, and it, it was just crippling us because they had built a building with a larger congregation, and then they had had a lot um, well... A mass exodus. And they were wondering, are the doors going to close? But God is what? Faithful. And somehow, the former district superintendent, Dr. Stanley, had passed away in the year, and all of a sudden, his trust was read, and there was a gift made to Kalamazoo First Church of the Nazarene. We did not expect that. God's gifts sometimes come in miraculous or what appear to be miraculous ways as we were able to use then that money to make the ends meet for a few years on. It was always at the end of the year we were wondering about red, black, red, black, and Dr. Stanley's gift provided you would think I would understand about God's faithfulness. But then came time for the balloon payment. 
And I don't know about you, Pastor Brad, but I missed the class in seminary on mortgages and how to balloon payments and all of those kinds of things. And, and so I, I was fretting. What am I going to do? I, I don't know. I was trying to think, okay, who? I'd never even owned a home. I was living in a parsonage. I'd lived in apartments because in Southern California, you can't afford homes. And, and so I was wondering, what do I do? I walked out of my office and my assistant at the time was Lee Adams. And Lee had taken the very part-time job of being my assistant because he had graduated from U of M with a city planning degree right as the economy tanked and no one was planning anything for their cities. So he took our job just to kind of make ends meet and wait for the economy to start recovering and all of those kinds of things so he could look for a job in his field. And as I came out and I said, I don't know what to do about this. He's like, uh, let me, he let me finish. I don't know if he relished in that, but he said, uh, Pastor Jeff, um, part of my degree was meant I had to learn all about escrow and I had to learn all about mortgages and whatever. And I would love nothing more than to research this and find the mortgage that would best help the church and see what we, and he did. And like within a couple of weeks, I had a spreadsheet with that I could take to the board and I could say, look at this. We could actually get into a mortgage now that will lower that $10,000 payment down to a little less than a $6,000 payment and we'll be done in 10 years. And today we celebrate that God miraculously provided Lee Adams to be my assistant at just the right time in just the right moment. Because God is faithful. Amen. But Paul goes on. The, the next thing he wants them to understand is that God's faithfulness comes through calling leaders to model trust in God's faithfulness. I want to say that again. God's faithfulness comes through calling leaders to model trust in God's faithfulness. Now, Paul gives us the greatest example of this in the greatest leader ever, Jesus. When you turn to Philippians chapter 2, and we begin to see this great passage of Scripture, Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 6. Oh, my... He talks about Jesus. Now, this is Jesus called to demonstrate trust in God's faithfulness. Paul writes, Jesus Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited or used for his own benefit. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus trusted God's faithfulness all the way to the final breath. And that even in death, Jesus trusted that God would be faithful. And that's why verse 9 picks up with, Therefore, God also highly exalted Him and gave Him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus trusted God's faithfulness even in death, and saw God's faithfulness in resurrection life. And Paul says, 
we are called. (laughs) That God's faithfulness sometimes shows up when He calls leaders to model that trust in God's faithfulness. Paul talks about that uh, in Philippians, and he invites the Philippian church just a few verses later to follow his example. That he considers all the things he's earned rubbish, garbage, compared to knowing Christ, compared to following after Christ, because he is absolutely convinced that God is faithful. I remember a moment like this where I felt God calling me as the leader of this congregation to model and trust in God's faithfulness. It sure wasn't hanging on a cross, but it felt like death. I I had a, a big reluctance to speak on giving. I don't know if if it was just because you feel like, you know, all the TV preachers, they got that covered and they make it weird. I shouldn't say that now. I guess we're all TV preachers now. They they make it weird. And I just thought, oh, God will inspire people to give. Maybe if I just preach better or we sing the right songs or do the right thing and we began to see something happen. I think it was about my second or third, fourth year in. And we began to see the line on the graph that Steve provides as our treasurer go way down. And by three months in, we were $20,000 behind in projected giving. And it was God saying, hey, I need you as a leader to model trust in my faithfulness. And so I said, okay, God. But I don't want to preach from Malachi. That one's been beat to death. And God was faithful to provide a metaphor that helped me to see how important giving is, not just because we ought to do it, but because it is a trust, an absolute foundational trust in God's faithfulness. As I preached out of the temptation of Jesus to say that man shall not live, and women I assume too, should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That we were saying by our giving, I'm not trusting money for life. I'm trusting God for life. And I'm going to give as a testimony to God's faithfulness to me. And I felt it wasn't enough just to preach. And so Lori and I talked. Lori was still a Ph.D. student. This was our only salary. And we said, what can we do? We came up and decided we were going to give an extra $50 a week. We are going to pledge that. We were going to let people know that that's what we were going to do. And we, were, and we handed out cards, those pledge cards that everybody dreads and hates. We handed them out. And we said, this is what we are going to do as we are going to trust and model trust in God's faithfulness. And I know that it impact, impacted some of you because some of you told me, Well, if a one-income family can give $50 a week, what can we do with two? 
And it began to see a change. In fact, we can still look back on Steve's little graph and see that that month, in August of whatever year that was, things began to go the other way. Because God is faithful, but sometimes He calls His leaders to model trust in God's faithfulness. We began to see that. Lastly, it kind of leads in because many of you were then inspired to begin to trust God's faithfulness in the same way. And number three, Paul wants us to understand God's faithfulness comes sometimes through calling you all to trust in His faithfulness. It's important that you understand that you have a role. It's not just the leaders. It's not just the ancient people long ago like like Paul. It's for you all here today. But sometimes God's faithfulness shows up as you trust that He will be faithful. He says in Philippians 4, 9, Paul writes, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. We've said this over and over again, but the Hebrew word that Paul would have had in mind for peace is the word shalom. And that's just not about absence of conflict. That is about wholeness. The God of wholeness. The God who has everything. The God who can supply every need that you have. That God will be with you. As you put into practice modeling, Paul says, what you saw me do which was what you saw Jesus do, which was a leader who modeled trust in God's faithfulness. Wow, I can move around. I'm not trapped on a spot anymore. This is great. I think today we're going to be able to burn that piece of paper symbolically today. But what it represents, what I want you to hear it represent, is that many of you have modeled this third point. You have trusted that God would be faithful. And you sacrificially gave. And as we made this one of our ten goals that we wanted God to help us accomplish in four years, as we began to do that, and we listed this one as one we wanted to have done by May of 2021, you gave in such sacrificial ways, you trusted in God's faithfulness, that here we are celebrating this before it even gets cold. Well, real cold. Eight months early. Because you trusted that God is what? Faithful. That's exciting, friends. I am honored to be pastor today on this day to celebrate the way you have been faithful to trust that God is faithful. So where do we go from here? Do you still believe that God is faithful? Yes? Are we still going to lean in and trust that God, the God we know, will supply every need that we have? Amen. This is not a rhetorical question. I want you to know this today, that finances are not the only way that God shows His faithfulness to us. Can I say that again? And for those of you online who may think you turned in the TBN or something like that, Finances are not the only way that God shows His faithfulness to us. So where do we need to go? 
Philippians 4.19, getting back to our verse, says God will fully supply every need of yours. Not just the financial ones, every need of yours. So what are our needs moving forward? Pastor Brad took a, took a verse right from Philippians and said, we are called to press on, leave what's behind, press on towards the goal of what Christ Jesus is calling us to, remembering that He will supply every need, not just the financial ones. So what are the ones we're looking at? Well, I have to bring us back to our 10-4 goals because there are still some needs there. We have leaned into these and we have seen that God is faithful. But we are still needing. We, we put as a goal that we would love to see 10 families from our daycare center become regular attenders. In two years, we have four. We need six more. But our God will supply what? Every need. Every need. So we should be then praying, God, how can I model faithfulness in that? Is there something you're calling me to do to help in our week care center, to, to reach out to families that we might see them come in the door? Our goal is for them to sing that song, I belong here. I belong here. And we want to sing in response to them, you're right, you do belong here. We're glad you're here. We see hope because you are here. One place that I think is even more scary to talk about in the church today than it is about finances is about inviting people. Inviting people. We just get all worked up. Like, I I, I don't have a pastoral degree. I'm not sure I could fumble around my Bible app enough to let them know what's going I'd be embarrassed. What if they say no? But God is what? And He will supply what? Every need. All of your needs. And so can we lean in and pray, God, how will you help me to model trust in your faithfulness when it comes to inviting someone else? As Pastor Brad said, This building is not here for us just to worship. It is a place to gather people and to point them to Jesus that they might say yes to Him. And they might learn to trust in His faithfulness. We've talked about a second service. All during this time of COVID, we've had two services going on, whether you realize it or not. So maybe we'll call this one good, but I would, I would love, as we're still in this COVID time, we can get 85 people in this building. If we lean into God's faithfulness and trust that He can help us to invite, I would love to add another service on this day, where we can only get 85 in here, but we'll do another service and get another 85 in there, because we want people to know Jesus. We want to press on. We paid off this mortgage for this to happen, so that it could be used to the fullest extent possible without financial burden so that people could find and place their trust in the love of Jesus and find his forgiveness we also want this to be a place of full healing so we're still praying in our 10-4 gold towards recovery groups 
We need leaders. We have, we have divorce care and we have, uh, we have uh, grief share. But we need a place for people to come. And so can we be praying about who God would call to be a leader for a recovery ministry that would be right here, that we could see God's faithfulness in their lives as He sets them free? And, of course, continued financial giving will still be our need. It's not like we go, glad I'm done with that. I can give $6,700 less every month. No. We want to invest that in ministry. We want to invest that into those kids that you saw up there saying yes and saying God is faithful. Those teenagers, they need that investment so that they can learn about the love of God and learn that they are called as part of that group. Some of them will be called leaders like Pastor Joe or Pastor Andrew or Pastor Kyle who were right here and called into ministry. That they are called even now as young people to trust in God's faithfulness and to learn to declare it with all of their heart that He will supply every need. That's why we give. That's why we want to see God continue to use this building even now, though it's paid off. Paul writes, and our God is faithful and He will satisfy our every need according to His riches. That Greek word there is the word pluntos. I'll have you say one Greek word today. Ready? One, two, three. Pluntos. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three. Pluntos. And it, yeah, it's translated into English as riches, but actually, literally, it is abundant external resources. My God will fully satisfy every need according to His abundant external resources. Do you think God has a lot of abundant external resources? Yeah. Some of them are in your pockets. (laughs) And you're driving them. And you're living in them. This is blessing. In glory in Christ Jesus. So it's not just His abundant resources, but it's in His glory. In glory, we kind of think of the shining presence, the Shekinah glory in the, in the temple of old. That, that's a, a religious word. But really the word doxe, the first meaning of the word doxe is good judgment, positive attitude towards something that usually makes a person feel good. So He will supply every need according to His abundant external resources and His good judgment and His good opinion of you all. And finally, He will satisfy every need according to His abundant external resources and His great opinion towards you, but also in Christ Jesus. Everything we have, And this building that we've spent 20 years paying on was so that people will come to place their lives in Christ Jesus. That is our goal. That is our hope. Will we now trust that the God 
who was in Christ Jesus will supply our every need, whether it's financial, whether it's spiritual, whether it's it's getting up enough gumption to invite someone to be a part of it. Will we trust that God is faithful, church? Well, that was about two-thirds of you. Will we trust that God is faithful, church? Amen. Then we can only end like Paul ended this phrase. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. God is what? Let's say it together. One, two, three. God is faithful. He has brought us this far. Will we trust Him with our future? Amen. We will. Let's pray. Father, we come to You right now. And for some of us, we are absolutely convinced that You have shown Your faithfulness to us as we gave, as we reached out, We have seen Paul's words come true in our life that you are faithful and that you will fully meet every need we have because you have abundant external resources. Your opinion and judgment towards us is one of love and compassion, of grace and mercy. Your desire is to pull our lives into Christ Jesus, who loved us and gave himself for us. So teach us as a church, as we celebrate your faithfulness to us today, teach us as a church to continue to plant our feet firmly in your faithfulness. And may we press on for the goal in Christ Jesus. Reaching out, not just for our 10-4 goals, but for whatever you would call us to in the future. That people who do not know you may come to place their trust in your faithfulness. God, if today... You have touched us and said, are you ready to trust me now? Are you ready to trust that I know your situation? Are you ready to trust that I am with you? Are you ready to trust that I love you, that my opinion of you is one of love and grace, compassion, that you are my child and that I want every good for you? I pray that if that is you today, that you would simply say, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. And may you find over time, as you lean in to what God is calling you to, may you find that your God will fully meet every need. Help us today, Lord Jesus, as we leave this building and we go out the doors and we burn this mortgage that we say thank you 
for your continued faithfulness to us to release us from this debt and this burden and we are going to trust you in the future that you will supply every need for we pray and ask all these things in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit one god forever and ever and everyone said amen would you stand and receive the blessing And now, may you know, deeply know, in your gut, in your soul, may you know that our God will fully meet your every need according to His abundant external resources. Because His opinion of you is one of love and mercy, grace and compassion. And He will meet them in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.